0: I like that when it says recording in progress, you can either say I reject or got it. Hi. Hi, pals. Hello. Welcome. Um, Mary, I put on makeup just for you. Oh, I sure did not. <laughs> I put on pants just for you. I definitely wasn't wearing
1: any before this. I
0: put on a bra for you guys. Like, Oh, that's fun. So together we kind of make half somewhat of an outfit, right? draw right. yeah. and makeup who needs shirts right and yoga pants <laughs> so <laughs> so basically we're dancing we're going to a dance class yes, yes. with lipstick um you love that lipstick on you, justine oh, thank good. you I was gonna put on like a pink but then I was like no I'm, I'm feeling more folly right now
1: um I'm Stevie Nicks for Halloween and I'm so excited
0: that's really exciting. that's amazing I was going to say, and by folly, I mean fall, the season, not the follies. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No one thought that.
1: This morning, I heard of a musical. It was a musical about Raggedy Ann, and it was in 1984. It was on Broadway, and it was basically about this little girl who was dying, (laughs) (laughs) that <laughs> her Raggedy Ann doll came to life and took her on an adventure through her nightmares, including one to in Mexico.
0: You know, that right there is the reason that people hate musicals. That is like the definition of the musical that makes 80% of the world hate them. That's true.
1: It's like, wow, this is a, this
0: is something. <laughs> um. Well, hello, everybody. This is, we're here for it. The podcast about sisters who... I didn't think of a show before. Damn it. um, Oh, who discover that they have magic powers and are waiting for their third sister to join them and be the power of three and therefore the charmed ones. Oh, so we're charmed? Yes. Okay. Either the original or the new version. (laughs) I've not seen the new version, but I'm okay with that. And it's, it's... particularly relevant because we have a third witch with us today. Uh, my, <laughs> I'm just going to introduce you right off the because you've already been talking okay. and I also have to apologize because I just got off the phone with our parents who are visiting our family in Boston and they all had very thick accents. So I'm a little, I may maybe <laughs> in and out of Boston accent for a little bit. Um, But my dear friend who I met in Boston in grad school I refer to her as Mary Maroney, although that is not her last name anymore. Her name is Mary Ruel. Um, and she is, uh, I, 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 tell us about yourself, Mary.
1: Hi everyone. Um, I'm Justine's friend. Um, I'm super excited to be here. I have been just every, every time that they're like, Oh, like, maybe we should have more guests. I text Justine. I'm like, me, 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 <laughs> I wanted to be making it. <laughs> me.
0: Me. Uh, Mary is a woman of many talents. Um, and we have a reason for her to be here today. But first, Mary, we're going to start off with some questions for you. Some rapid fire questions. Okay. Rapid fire. okay. Give me a second because my um, for some reason, my outlook just like turned itself off. So I got to find the questions again. They also don't have to be be rapid fire. If you feel like you need to explain, that's okay too. Yes. yes. I didn't didn't give you these questions beforehand because I didn't want you to prepare for them. Okay. (laughs) I wanted you to be unprepared and therefore thinking on your toes. I
1: love that. Um,
0: Mary, are you a millennial or a Gen Z?
1: I put myself in the millennial category. However, I am a very young millennial.
0: I mean, you're only a year younger than me. So, you're still a young millennial, though, too, Justine. Yeah. Don't say something so offensive to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I would say young millennial. I was born in 92 um my brothers were born in 94 so they're like very on the cusp of they're like a, what is it a zennial if you're both mm-hmm. um but i think still I-, I would say still millennial
0: excellent um what's your hogwarts house hufflepuff Woo 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 woo! Justine, we oh, were talking slander. Hufflepuff slander in the last episode. Or I was not saying slander. I so. said Hufflepuff <laughs> is great, but since there's been this research, this like sort of pro Hufflepuff movement, people have been talking a lot of shit about Gryffindor. That's what I said. I have nothing Hufflepuff wrong with pro Hufflepuff slander, movement, but there's been a lot of Gryffindor slander in the last few years, and I don't like it. Anyway, Marion, what are your musical influences? Um,
1: oh my gosh, that's like so, that's like the most broad question ever. Um, Like so, three
0: artists that you would describe your personality with.
1: Okay. Um, so Stevie Nicks, like one of her side. Yeah. Um, um, Britney Spears love it 100% and then Mm -hmm. I'm also going to throw like Judy
0: Garland in there that That makes a lot of sense for you I like it yeah Yeah. I love that pop icons all around Um, all all (laughs) icons Stevie Nicks Britney Spears and Judy Garland that is very you that's a very good combination I like that for you
1: thank you so much and just thinking about it on the fly I'm like ooh, (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) yeah it's fun um, it's fun to think of like three specifically. Cause then you're like, okay, what parts of my life am I incorporating? I know. <laughs> um, okay. If you've had a rough day, what's one movie or TV episode that you would watch to like, like, if you get home and like, your day's just been shit and you're like, I want to feel better or wallow in this.
1: Um, the fire drill episode of the office.
0: Mm, yes I just <laughs> watched that the other day because I was listening to a podcast about it it is has a heart attack so funny it is so, so funny. funny
1: when he's like trying to like light up like the door so like the mm-hmm. handle's hot and then it go out the way. it's like you didn't pay yes. attention now okay. <laughs>
0: stress, stress relief I think is what it's called Mm-hmm. Yes. My favorite plot line is that is the movie that Jim and Pam are watching with Jack Black in it where he's like making love to like a 9 year old <laughs> woman. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the episode. I you know what's funny? I also just watched that episode the other day and I didn't think about it until you just said that part because I turned it on at the yeah. end when it's like the end of the Jack Black movie yeah. thing and she goes up the like yeah um, well because it's a there. Really like, yeah, it's a really like long episode, so there's a lot of plots to it, but that's a good yeah. one. Okay. And then last question, what's a piece of pop culture that you associate with growing up? Ooh,
1: um, oh my gosh, this is a hard question that I associate with growing up. Um, I think I'm, I feel like this is the easy answer, but it's so true. I think I would say like the boy band movement Hmm. It was very, a lot of growing up for me was like in sync or Backstreet Boys. And I was a Backstreet Boys girl through and through. Um, the first CD I ever got for my sixth birthday was Backstreet Boys Millennium. Um, so I, I would say the boy band movement. Like as soon as I, if I hear a Backstreet Boys song, I'm like instantly put back to elementary school.
0: Yeah. That's a really good one. Because that was also, it was very... Wasn't even necessarily divisive so much as it was like it felt like it was taking over our whole lives um fabulous all right so we have some pop culture updates that we need to talk about before we get into the the good stuff um mary i would love you to join us on this journey feel free to comment whenever you have thoughts um ella how many pop culture things do you have so i have like four to five but like Okay. Like it's actually a list of like eight, but I would say like three of them are about John Mulaney. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. Like three. So. (laughs) Okay. Um, and I have a couple of really small ones. And then I would say the major ones are about Bachelor in Paradise and John Mulaney. Oh, I didn't even put Bachelor in Paradise on my list, but I have another major one too, which is the Met Gala, and I have some oh, yeah. grievances I need to get out. Okay, well, let's go through the quickies first. Okay. Do you have some? I don't want to be accused, again, of cutting yes. you off. Okay, one, I rewatched School of Rock this week. Mm. That movie is immaculate. 10 out of 10. It's on Netflix now. Everybody should watch it. It's amazing. Um, Two... Okay. Have you heard about the Gabby Petito? Yes. Mary told me about it actually. Yeah. No, it's crazy because it feels like all the information is only coming through TikTok. Like there's so much more happening on that platform than any major news sources are putting out, which is obviously dangerous too, because there can be a lot of false information, but Gabby Petito case, I swear that's crazy.
1: People just like coming forward with in different information. Like, like there's this one store owner that was like, I saw the two of them in like this city doing this. And then like new stories from all over the countries and like what people are digging up. But like, ooh, I am feeling impassioned. I am feeling very passionate. Mm-hmm. I just think that she's from Long Island. Right. Or, and
0: you're from New York. So it's, she's yeah. one of you. I feel like it's even though the body cam footage made it seem, like, kind of suspicious, like, like, there was obviously more going on there than what we immediately suspect. I think the fact that his family is, like, taking a step back from it, like, that's, that's a mom protecting her son from something. Like, that's a family covering shit up, and I know that they haven't seen him since Tuesday, but, like, no, like, they're, they're, they're covering something up. Did you see, too, there was a girl who, like, without knowing who she was like he hitchhiked with her and her boyfriend and then she was like found out who he was later and she was like this is what I know like this is what happened like it was really weird he like super abruptly got out of the car like blah 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 blah, blah. like here's the information it was crazy that's wild yeah you do um, on a
1: road trip and then 10 days pass without your fiance and you just don't know where she is and you don't right. go
0: home um okay, so what do you have next, Ella? Okay, well, these are bigger things, but okay. wait, can, can I-, I do my quickies first then? Okay, yeah. Okay, one, did you see that Kat Graham has renamed herself Toro Gato? Okay. Yes. Very interesting, very a la prince. Yeah, I don't really understand what she's really doing with it, but like go off queen. Um, also I finally watched the movie The Photograph with Issa Rae and I think his name is Keith, I always forget his last name and I've forgotten it on this podcast multiple times. No. And it's awful because he's so smoking hot. He's I, like, Oh, I, I want to say it's something with an A. No, I think it's Stanfield. Keith Stanfield. Okay. Anyway, really just okay movie, but like some steamy, steamy scenes. Amazing. Um, and then the other, Britney Spears is engaged. Yes. Oh my God. We're so happy for her. We are. We're so happy for her. Um, and then the last quick thing is that I was watching a Hallmark movie last night, which I would highly recommend. It was so good. But at one point, with the best friend character who's a baker, like they she like made this cake and they were like, Oh my god, this cake is so good, Emily. And she was like, Thanks. Pumpkin spice makes everything better and I just felt like I needed to tell you both that. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I have to disagree. <laughs> anyway, I
1: love that. I'm a pumpkin spice queen. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, that one is probably for me. <laughs> Um, you would love it. Hold on. Let me look up the name. Cause I want to make sure I get it right. So you can watch it yourself. I feel like I'm being kind of a hypocrite because I 100% made pumpkin bread muffins this morning. Um, you are a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. I just don't like pumpkin spice lattes particularly. Okay. Mary it, yeah. it's called raise a glass to love. <laughs> the main actress is Laura Osnes who has some, oh, we don't stand her. <laughs> okay. Um, but then um the main actor, this one threw me for a loop. His name is sorry, we're dog sitting right now. Um, his name is Juan Pablo DePache. And I didn't recognize him at first because he was really hot and subtle and like super great. And then I looked up his acting creds and he plays Kimmy Gibbler's husband in fuller house he sure does i just looked (laughs) i just looked it up right now and i was like oh i know who that is (laughs) yeah but i do not know who this laura person is she she's a broadway star she was in i don't remember she's been in maybe like cinderella or something like that Um, she's a broadway star she's gotten into some hot water recently because she's not vaccinated and like uh, like anti-vaxxer lady I got um, it. But she was good in the movie, and I would highly recommend it was like an actually like it was definitely one of those movies where the chemistry grew on you and the plot line was like genuinely good and not like I don't know, it was good. It was a good movie.
1: All right, it's on my list.
0: Um, okay, let's talk about do you want to talk about Met Gala Bachelor in Paradise or John Mullaney first? Okay, let's talk about Bachelor in Paradise because I didn't put anything on my list, but obviously there's a lot to talk about. I mean is brendan. who is brendan's pr rep because they're doing a horrible job okay i back in tasha season no one was really talking about brendan everyone was simping over ben right uh-huh. i tweeted about him i was like sweet baby angel sweet baby angel brendan he is the best get you a man who can do both i since have deleted the tweet obviously because <laughs> he's awful um but he sucks he sucks so bad i listened to the um, What's it called? Bachelor Happy Hour, Bachelor, oh no, clickbait. Um, the podcast hosted by Taysha, Joe, and Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, and tea was spilt. Brendan is the worst. I just like, you know, so last night one of our friends was talking about the show Fuckboy Boy Island. Mm-hmm. And apparently on it, one of the guys said, like, one of the fuck boys said, like, well, the way to get a girl is by opening up to her and being really vulnerable early on because they'll think that you're being like like not even vulnerable but like telling her something really personal about yourself like right away because they'll think that you're being vulnerable and that like they get you on a different level or something and that like fully explained like 90% of the men on the bachelorette yeah. um that make it to like the top 3 because they like open up like with something really sad right away and then it's like suddenly they're like in the top 3 and you're like how did you get here and that explains brendan so much like Mm-hmm. just from the get go, from the jump on Tasha season, he did it to her and on bachelor in paradise. He was just like mm-hmm. telling her these really personal things. Like I, like you just get me. I enjoy talking to you more than other people, blah, 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 blah. blah I'm the worst, etc. And also I don't believe Piper and her, like we weren't really together. And like his actions don't speak for me. Like you were just as evil in some ways. Mm-hmm. And if that girl was really your friend, you would not let him talk that shit about her. I agree, and it was really interesting listening to that podcast cuz he did the same stuff to Tasha. And then like Joe, King of King of Paradise, Joe, oh my god. I have always had a soft spot for him, but him leading the troops, oh my gosh. Um You know what's wild is that There's one glimpse of the episode where Riley is there sitting when they, when the girls are first sit Joe down and they're like, Joe, you need to deal with this. Riley is there. And then the next glimpse of the camera, he's not there. They like edited Riley out of that scene. Hmm. And I think it's because they thought it was funnier for like, or like more drama for it to just be like Joe and the women. I mean, also maybe stuff got like really heated or something. I don't know. They edit the show so much, half the time, like, their bathing suits switch from day to day like it's whatever but yeah um yeah no I thought so yeah that those are my thoughts on Bachelor in Paradise is just like I was really excited for just like the way that Jessenia like came for Chris and Alana in that she was like really owning it but I was really upset that they seemed to be more angry about what Chris had done than what like Brendan had done Right. Well, that was one thing that they talked about on that podcast. Um, Because apparently, like, Chris just kind of, like, sucked the whole time. And they all, like, hated him already. Whereas, like, Brendan was kind of more their boy, you know? And Yesenia and Chris were way more of, like, a solid couple than Natasha and Brendan. So it was, like, a little bit more shocking. But Joe and Natasha are, like, BFFs. So everyone was like, Joe, why didn't you, like, go, like, help her? And he was like, same day all that shit happened, Kendall came to the beach. Like, I was distracted. Right. It's also, like... I don't know. I mean, I feel like there is a lot of the stuff that we hate about Brendan was not said around the other people. Mm-hmm. Like the reason I hate him so much is because he talks so much shit about Natasha, like behind her back and like was so like, well, she had no other prospects and like oh, she was getting so annoying and so, like, there's just stuff that like was said just between him and Piper or to Natasha and no one else is around that. Like, I think people didn't necessarily see which is what I think makes him so evil. Yeah, but I think a lot of them have seen it now and so many of the guys have, like, been so cool with her. So, yeah. Um. Okay, what other – do we want to – Talk about the Met Gala. Okay, talk about the Met Gala. So here's the thing. One, the theme was boring. Two, people didn't understand the assignment. Everybody looked beautiful, but it looked like Oscars outfits, like great outfits for the Oscars. This is the Met Gala. This is the fashion event of this the year, literally of the entire year. And people are coming just like in like boring dresses. And I know I a just lot of them think- like influences, but no, they did not understand the assignment. There I just think that each dress needs to come with a statement on this, like from the designer of how they think it met the assignment it was ridiculous and also it also made like the other looks that were like bold and wild and extreme and extravagant look crazy because you're next to someone who's wearing like a plain red like tight yeah. dress you know and there was very few people that i think truly understood the assignment and a lot of the ones that got it people aren't like showing like yes billie eilish looked beautiful yes she pulled off marilyn whatever timothy chalamet looked stupid he it didn't look that good i'm sorry like i'm just saying it megan fox it was boring like kim's was stupid kim k's outfit i hated how she did it i liked the idea but it was done poorly kendall jenner looked dumb the one that people aren't talking about enough jeremy pope had an iconic look that really like it made sense where he was going with american fashion it was like this whole look inspired by like um slavery and it was all cotton and it was white and it had like the corsets and the ri- like it was incredibly done but no one has talked about it no one i have not seen it on any major fashion blogs or sites mm. anyway um those are my thoughts <laughs> i also think that they need to be more clear with the theme because the theme was stupid it was stupid um but what would you guys, I was, I was thinking like, I've been trying to think for days since it happened, what I would have worn. And I know I'm a critic, but I have no idea what I would have worn. If any of you have ideas, like, like, how would you interpret the assignment? Cause also like the theme was stupid. So it's not like they had that much to work off, you know? I don't know, Mary, what would you wear to America? A lexicon of fashion?
1: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I think, like, the outfits I liked, I mean, obviously, like, AOC, like, won the night. Um, And then um, there was also... Oh, my gosh, I forget her name. I'm blanking on her name. Let me look it up. Um, But it was a... uh, It was an homage to... Oh my gosh, who am I thinking of? I can't even, give me like two seconds, come back to me so I can think of the person.
0: <laughs> I feel like I would have gone probably the direction of like what some of the, like a lot of the celebrities like Kendall, Millie mm-hmm. Eilish like did sort of, or, you know, like what I really liked was I loved, um, oh my God, I don't remember who it was, but the, the people that did like homages to, former celebrities who had passed totally there was Michael Jackson looks there was I loved the person who did the one that was um an homage to well our our queen Kiki did a Tina Turner look which I thought was great um things like that I really loved but I so I feel like I would have done something like that but probably not as subtle like I like Kendall Jenner's dress was pretty but it took a lot for me to understand that she was doing a My Fair Lady look. Like, just wear the dress from My Fair Lady. You know, right. like, I would have been like, I want this to be as close to, like, a specific look from a movie that was, like, game-changing. Right. Or I would have loved to see someone go so bold and, like, have done a look inspired by a black and white look and come with a full monochrome face makeup. Like, yes. their whole face. Gray- like, like, I just would have loved to see, like, a grayscale thing. Or, you know what I mean? Anything more exciting than just dresses that were beautiful but would, like, be fine on the Oscars red carpet. Like, yeah, please. I mean, I definitely would have done something that was, like, from a different decade. Like, I would have gone, like, full, um, like, almost, like, um, like, like, 20s flapper black and white or something, you know, like, right. from, like, one of those old silent movies. Barbie, like, I would have- did that? I didn't love her look, but I also didn't like the way that they styled her look. Barbie oh, Ferreira, that. Barbie Ferreira. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I liked her dress a lot, but I didn't like the way they styled her. I didn't think the hair was flattering. I thought the makeup was a little bit too, like it, it was in the style, but it wasn't like flattering for her like face shape and for like, I just didn't think it like looked right on her mm-hmm. a wig. That was a weird color for her. It was a whole thing. So the person that
1: I was thinking of was um, um, Nikki DeJager, who she had um, a Marsha P. Johnson inspired outfit. Um, And it was just, it was like floral and beautiful and like had this like kind of ribbon sash thing in the bottom that said, pay it no mind. Um, So I, I feel like I maybe would have done something like that. And then there was another person whose name I cannot recall, but they had a sign that said um, like in gay we trust. Um who was mm-hmm. that? Um so I feel like I would have tried to do something like along the lines of um like movements in American history that have been necessary and maybe like reflective of like the, the the movements that you know need to continue now you know with the, race, mm-hmm. theology, with the youth community and women and you know all that um it was Megan um was Rapino Rapino, yeah um I think I would have done something like that I don't know specifically what but um some of them you couldn't even I mean so many of them it was like that's a pretty dress but like why exactly right you know
0: actually to your point it would have been kind of cool to see someone in a gown that like was made up of all like Vogue or Vanity Fair covers like vintage magazines or something where it was like different parts you know like America a lexicon of fashion like okay well then let's talk about what that fashion was you know like that would have been cool yeah I don't know yeah I I agree with all this I just thought it was just like overall underwhelming and then again it made the people who did go all out just look dumb like Dan Levy like if his look was next to other people who had like understood the assignment like it might have looked okay but he looked like weird you know Kim Petras that was weird she was wearing an actual horse on her body like she said America horse girls um which is so funny which is hilarious but also Lil Nas it felt like it had been done before just saying Mm -hmm. It felt like it had been done before. I mean, I stand by the fact that a couple years ago where they did like the, I don't remember what the exact name of it was, but the theme where it was like gods and goddesses of like Catholicism or whatever. Oh yeah, like the halo year. That year was the only year where the theme was so exactly clear Mm -hmm. that everyone understood the assignment because it was like, you actually understood what you were supposed to be doing. And the theme was like, it set the expectation very high. Yeah. Yeah. Um really? all right. Well, should we talk about the horse in the hospital, elephant in the room? Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple things. Well, one, let's just talk about the fact that he's having a baby with Olivia Munn. Can we talk about the fact that Olivia Munn is um has a book? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes. She so that podcast that I recommended last week, which, which I haven't listened to yet. So sorry. No, you're totally fine. I honestly didn't really know who Olivia Munn was, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually, I saw a TikTok that that podcast made about them reading Olivia Munn's book that made me listen to it and they cover it. And oh my God, I deeply hate her. <laughs> like she just seen like their reading of this book and like their retelling of all the things she did I was like I don't want to be in a room with this woman ever like oh my god it made me concerned that Seth Myers and his wife are such good friends with her and it also made me concerned that they have if they have a daughter mm-hmm. because I was like what kind of body I- image issues are you gonna put on your daughter Right. I agree. I agree to all of it.
1: Yeah. In her book, she, ta- she, she talks about like, like pie being like, <laughs> like, like what yes. American currency should be. Wow. Like it should be its own food group. And also like, and then that people who, you know, like she dubs as like fat, or overweight don't have access to public transportation. So they have to walk everywhere. And I was like, like I hate this
0: person. Yeah, it's so weird. And it, like, she writes the book, like, she's talking to, like, 14-year-old boys. Like, that's who's going to buy this book. Like, she's just trying so hard to be a guy's girl. And it is so strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. So, Justine and I have had
1: many conversations about Mm -hmm. John Mulaney. And I am (laughs) definitely around a little bit to, you know, his friends, like, seem like like they seem happy that like he's in a good place and like with her and whatever and like that's great um Anna Tendler's photography on her Instagram is breaking my heart over and mm-hmm. over again mm-hmm. left and right, every time I see it she's obviously like getting over it and like I also too like I can imagine like how do you like your ex you know who you just ended your marriage with is now pregnant with someone else like 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 that is so painful and I just really feel for and it clearly
0: was not like a mutual decision to get divorced like
1: no. like her statement was John has decided to end our marriage like yeah. and it's so sad and terrible and However, I'm coming around a little bit when I saw his most recent interview with Seth Meyers when yeah. they were talking about, like, the intervention they did and how, like, they were really, really concerned about him and everything Um and how he's in a much better place now and that, you know, he's expecting this baby and that, like, gives him motivation, you know, to continue to stay sober and whatever and da 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 And, like, that is all good news for him. I still... I still just like, my heart just goes out to memory Tumblr. I can't, I can't get over it.
0: Yeah. I feel like that interview really helped me understand the timeline better. Yes. Yeah. And to understand that like they were clearly having marital problems before he went back to rehab in December, like clearly right. this was going on for a lot longer, which we should have known because divorces are not like a quick thing that happen. Um, and like most celebrities don't really announce their divorce or separation until the divorce is like almost final, if not already final, because it's such a long process. But yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, I have, I feel okay about it in that respect. Also, I like, as you know, have come to terms with the idea that he was probably cheating like long before that with like other people Olivia Munn was spotted at his house in like September oh yeah but I think he was also just like not always faithful but like also the thing that makes me most concerned is that even though his friends are really happy and excited like The, like, I think now I don't know, I've never been to rehab. I've never been in an AA program or anything like that, but it's my understanding that one of the rules of recovery is that you don't get into a relationship right away. Um, so it makes me a little concerned that he not only got right into another relationship, but also is having a baby Mm -hmm. for his sobriety journey,
1: which has not been that long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no. It has not. <laughs> um, and the world is still a very shitty place. <laughs> right. Um. So a couple things about Mr. John Mulaney. And these are mostly theories and or rumors I found on the internet, but I feel that you both will appreciate. Okay. One is that someone wrote on Dumoy that <laughs> the <laughs> ex-partner of a recently divorced comedian... um has been has has hooked up with someone who supposedly she had always had a crush on and that her ex used to make jokes about cut to clip of john mulaney saying my wife anna has a huge crush on timothy chalamet oh (laughs) Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Rumor has it anna and timmy are hooking up obviously i think it's a pr thing but if that's true go good anna job. go timmy good for yeah. both of them honestly yes uh, i love that for them i love right? them I, like, I don't think it's true but i do hope it is frankly mm-hmm. um and the second thing this is an absolutely ridiculous conspiracy theory obviously it's not true but i find it so funny this girl on tiktok has this theory that when pete davidson and john mulaney went on tour together that there was one night that they switched clothes and apparently when they switched clothes they switched bodies in an attempt to clean up pete davidson's like image right and so john Mulaney's like i'm gonna be you for a little while we're gonna clean this up however then the pandemic happens and they're not able to be in the same room and switch clothes back so things kind of like hit the fan with pete davidson like shit kind of goes wrong meanwhile or sorry with john Mulaney. meanwhile pete davidson he's starring in movies he is He's, like, starring in a play reading of It's a Wonderful Life, doing wholesome, good things, hosting this huge fundraiser, like, being a good, wholesome guy. John Mulaney's life is kind of, like, you know, a little unsteady. And then they, like, are supposed to try to switch back when they're on SNL together, but they never switch clothes, and they are stuck in each other's bodies. I did see that theory on TikTok. That is funny.
1: Good, too. A little Freaky Friday moment.
0: I love it. And it would it would happen that if you had this plan and then the pandemic pandemic happened and you couldn't switch back. Like mm-hmm. the pandemic would ruin freaky Friday moments. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And Pete Davidson would try to get with Olivia Munn. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Which Pete Davidson is single again. Also, John Mullaney always said that him and Anna didn't want kids. Yeah. Right. I don't think we've ever heard Pete Davidson say he didn't want kids. I don't foresee him say, like, wanting kids. Honestly. I don't know. Anyway, like, I think because of his relationship, like, and his, like, relationship with parenthood and, like, his dad, I think, like, he would be like, fuck that. I don't want kids. Like, Mo. I'm just like, <laughs> move, you know? <laughs> that
1: was a yeah. great voice. Thank you They're so really much. Summer. I spent a
0: lot of time watching videos of Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's so interesting. It is nice to see John getting back to work though. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. nice to see him touring again. I hope, I think, I feel, I suspect he's recording a new special because Mm -hmm. his most recent tickets that you could buy in Boston were like no phones allowed. So I think that feels like they're recording a new special, which is good. I am really sad that there was no way to stream the, um, 9-11 comedy special that they hosted did you hear about that yeah, yeah. really sad there's no way to stream it it is upsetting i'm hoping maybe they filmed it and we'll like put it up on like peacock or something maybe but um speaking of getting back to work <laughs> oh my god ella love, people love my transitions okay people love it <laughs> oh people love my scoffing at them <laughs> Um, we're
1: here,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we are here to talk about the hustle and by the hustle, I don't mean the dance move. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the getting down to business, take like getting it done, working multiple jobs, hustling for, uh, the money. And one of the Queens of the hustle is good old Mary Marie Ruel who is here with us today oh no she's not hold on oh oh no when did we lose her okay I've been letting her right now. you're back
1: I'm back I don't know what happened what happens it's was so like a, bizarre looks weird it was like a spinning wheel of death and I was like "Ooh, I should I should start her
0: <laughs> that's good because I was just introducing you as the one of the queens of the hustle
1: Oh, thank you so much. I do, I do consider myself pretty good at the side
0: hustle, I must say. Um, can you tell us about all of the jobs that you've had? Yes, like from the beginning. <laughs>
1: <Or> <laughs> from like, the beginning of time. Currently my life right now. Okay, so my job ever, um, was at the Tanning Bed in West Seneca, New York, where I grew up. Um, it was my senior year of high school and I got a job at the training bed for like seven, 25 an hour, like minimum wage, like 2010. And it was the most disgusting and maybe the worst job I've ever had. Um, I just like really didn't like cleaning up other people's sweat and like body, like it was gross. It was really disgusting. Um, So my first part-time job and then my second part-time job that really has led quite a bit of my life um, was I worked at Wegmans grocery store in the bakery. Um, When you were, when I went in for an interview, they, I expected just to be a cashier. Um, Wegmans is a grocery store on the East Coast, if you don't know. Um, But I went in expecting to be a cashier and they said, well, you're 18, you can work in one of the departments if you want to, what would be your department of choice? And I said, I don't know, bakery sounds fun. And then I ended up in the bakery Um, and I worked there for four years all through college. And I had some other jobs in college as well. Um, I was an RA, um at uh, Canisius College where I went to school I was um, I worked for Kaplan testing services for a hot minute trying to get people to like sign up for different. um, courses and whatever for like the LSAT and like different tests and that was terrible and I quit that after two months, because it was. Totally. So it was like, I wasn't making any money. It was all commission. It was terrible. Um, and then, uh, after college, I moved to Chicago and I did a, a two year post-grad volunteer program there, um, associated with AmeriCorps, but like kind of its own thing. Um, and I worked at a high school and I did some college counseling. I did some teaching, um, and a lot of other kind of random auxiliary tasks in that job. Um, After that, I moved to Boston to start grad school, where I had um, some graduate assistantships that were great. Um, One was at Boston College. I worked in student conduct and discipline, which was an exciting time in my life. Um, And then I also worked at Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences in their advising and coaching department with Justine. Woohoo! it was super fun and we had this like really cute little office and just a round table. And, um, we rode the bus together and, um, we tried not to throw up on the bus together every single, oh, God. <laughs> single bus ride. It was the bumpiest, curviest bus ride ever. And we were just like, do we have ginger chews? Like we need to not vomit on this bus. Um, and after that I moved to Michigan, um, to Detroit and I worked at the University of Michigan Dearborn campus as an academic advisor. And I also got a part-time job in a bakery um, there in Detroit for a few months then I, um, kind of went off on my own. So in college I had, um, thought about, I was a business major and I thought, you know, what if I like, I love baking. What if I turn this into a thing? And I started selling some of my own baked goods, baked goods to family and friends. And just, I would make stuff and have people try it. Um, you know, my friends and stuff in college and, it was super fun. And I had a, a friend at the time who was a graphic design major and he made me a logo. I came up with the name Dolly Cakes. Um, cause that was a nickname I had as a kid from my mom, who was also an avid hobby Baker. Um, she would call me doll. She would call me baby cakes. And then one day they just became one into Dolly Cakes. So then after um kind of doing some stuff in college took a break when i lived in chicago um but in boston i kind of picked it up as a hobby again and would you know bring cakes and different creations into work and um like every sunday i would i would make a different i would make a different thing um and then when i was in detroit after i had left the job at the the bakery there I started doing, um, different farmers markets and like festivals and stuff like that. And in Michigan, you could bake out of your home and the health department was like, whatever, and there were no rules. And so, um, I just, you know, did it from where we lived and that was great. And then we moved to Buffalo in early 2020. Um, where I'm from. And I started working at my old high school in um, fundraising and development as an alumni coordinator. I went to an all girls high school. So I worked there. Um, And then I were teaching piano outside best friend from high school owns a music studio, um, Music Academy in Western New York. And I had played piano since I was nine and had taken lessons through college. And so started teaching piano lessons there, which was great. Um, and I loved it working with little kids, like just beginners. It's super, super fun. Um, and then I was still baking and stuff on the side, baking out of my home. And then I learned that New York State has a lot of rules um, when it comes to um, home baking businesses. And food businesses and things in general. And so I decided to, you know, be more legal about it. And um, in April of this year, made deli cakes into an LLC. And so I am technically a business owner, which is really, really exciting. So um, my full-time job now is I work at a college as a career coach. Um, And so during the day, I'm a career coach. Um, One night a week, I teach piano and then a couple other nights a week, I create cakes and cookies and other things for, um, people in Buffalo. It's all custom orders. Um, I don't carry any products, so I don't do any, I don't have like, um, you know, people can't just like stop by, but there's no storefront. Um, it's called, it's called a ghost kitchen and so I rent space out of a certified kitchen on the west side of Buffalo. Um, and they're like an urban farm. And so that's one of the things that they do is you can rent out their certified kitchen, um, as long as you have your own license and insurance and all that. So I rent space out of there and, um, just take orders as they come in. Um, I'm starting now to kind of work on branding myself a little bit more. Um, I, am you know, trying to, to put, make my prices a little bit better. So I am, you know, paid for my time and expertise. Um, I'm coming up with some different flavors, making things seasonal. Um, So I have a new menu um, and I'm really excited about that. And I just ordered like photo, uh, photo box stuff to start taking more branded pictures. I'm really excited about that. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of my life. I technically work three jobs right now, but I, I really, really love it amazing
0: the queen of the hustle <laughs> I have a I have a couple of questions for you yes one um how tan were you when you worked at the tanning salon real tan and I also <laughs> <was> real blonde <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's very uh, different it's from super, now super different right now I am um translucent pretty much um <laughs> I have dark brown hair with a slight red twinge to it. Um, yeah. So at the tanning bed, you did get free tanning and I fully took advantage of that. Um, again, it was 2010, you know, like, I don't think I can really be faulted here. Um, well, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was real, like, uh, my college ID picture is, um, very tan and, um, also pretty blonde. I will, I will send along the photo later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my other question is about this job where you were basically trying to get people to sign up for the LSAT. Oh yeah, <laughs> like first of all, like that it's weird that that's a commission job because like I thought people just like like it's mind-boggling like, that you'd have to, to, to convince right, like it was mind-boggling you'd have to convince people to sign up for these things when like in fact people that want to go to law school like study for them. Well, right. It was like the classes to take the test. Oh, okay. That right. makes way more sense. Okay. Because well, I was, was like, like, you had to look the GRE,
1: the GMAT, all of that. And it was commissioned based for how many people I got to sign up that they were interested. That's so weird. I got paid like a couple dollars an hour. And then I got like, it was basically like a referral commission. So I, every person I got, and I, and I had goals, I had to meet per a week, but my college was a small college. So like, I kind of maxed out. <laughs> right. like, we need you to get like 200 things per week. So after four weeks, I was like, that's half the school. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, this is a really small school. And they were like, well, you have to meet your goals. And I'm like, I'm literally physically running out of people. This is a small college. And then they were like, well, you could go across the street to Buffalo state and also get signatures there. And I was like, "But I don't even go there. (laughs) I don't go there.
0: I don't go go there. there.
1: And, um, I also didn't have a car at the time. So I was like, how do you want me to get over there? it was just real absurd um and so I I think I maybe did it for like three months and then I quit
0: (laughs) I'm imagining you like okay because here's the thing Ella you've never been to Buffalo New York no I've (laughs) I've never never been to Buffalo in the winter (laughs) but it's basically the North Pole (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm imagining you like trying to cross like a five lane freeway that's like piled high with snow just to get to like, like Buffalo State or whatever. Like I'm imagining you with like a clipboard trying to like, <laughs> like, 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 I'm, like walking and like on like a crosswalk, but like that has like ice on it and just trying to like get these signatures. You're not.
1: You're not totally wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly winter, but it was like fall, like late fall. And this other school that they wanted me to walk to was like a mile and a half away. <laughs> yeah. And no, then far. one time I went over there, of course, I like ran into people I went to high school with. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that is my nightmare. Like, do you go here? And I was like, no, but can you please sign this for me? <laughs>
0: I I would hate to run into people I went to high school with oh it was pretty terrible
1: it was not it was not a good time so then when I quit she was like why and I was like oh like my grades are slipping I just like tried to come up with something like she couldn't argue with that right and she was like well is there any way we can make this work and I was like no (laughs) 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 no we can't thanks
0: for asking no That's like when I was in grad, when we were in grad school and I was doing two, I like first had just one assistantship. So I was doing consulting work for my old company. And then the second year when I got the job working at Mass College of Pharmacy. So I was doing two job two assistantships. And then I was like still doing the consulting work, but it was becoming overwhelming. And then the company got sold and split. And because I was just a consultant, they didn't keep me with my team. They like put me on the other team to go like the other direction. And I was like, so I'm going to give my notice. Like, I don't want to work here anymore. And the guy that was my supervisor was like, is this because we're like, you're being split to a different team? And I was like, no, it's because I'm super overwhelmed. I have two jobs here right now. And this is a third job. And he was like, are you sure? And he was like, are you sure there's no way we can make this work? And I was like, I'm really overwhelmed. Okay. (laughs) But mostly I just really didn't want to go to the other company. (laughs) Mostly I was like, I'm not going to do this job if I can't work with my friends. That's stupid. Right. I'm really
1: convinced that like you can work, you can have really any job for the most part. I, I, You know, obviously this doesn't apply to everyone all the time, but like if you're working with good people, who you get along with and who you like enjoy seeing every day. I think you could work pretty much any job. I also think the opposite. You could have your dream job doing everything you always wanted to do. And if you work with a terrible team of people, it's, you're going to hate it.
0: Yeah. I do though also think like, you know, I have a three month theory, which is that even if you're working your dream job, like everything's going exactly perfectly great. After three months, you hit a point where you're like, ugh. Shit, I'm gonna still have to be working for a long time before I can retire, <laughs> and it's called I literally call it like the three month slump because you like suddenly realize like you have to keep working for a long time. That's true, mm-hmm. yeah. We were talking about this last night because I was telling my friends that we were going to record about like the side hustle and just like having a bunch of jobs and stuff. And we were talking about it because the people I was with were like, I've only ever had like four jobs. And I was like, that's a wild concept to me because I feel like I've had so many jobs. So Ella, cool. how many jobs have you had? Uh, I have had uh, one, two, three. Well, so first I was choreographing like summer camps and musicals. And then I started doing that at a different company. And then I went back to the original company. And then I was teaching like private dance lessons. And I also actually, I guess like my first job too, was like a substitute dance teacher. Um, and then, cause my my teacher would just have me do it whenever mm-hmm. she was gone. And then when she got pregnant and went into labor, I took over all of her mm-hmm. classes for a summer. Um, and then- I, in college, I worked as an usher for our performing arts center, which I deeply hated. They made us wear like a five piece suit. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding that were men's suits. So I looked so strange and it was always like operas or weird orchestras that I had no interest in seeing. And we weren't allowed to like sit. We weren't allowed to be on our phone. So we would stand outside the door. For not even in the theater, outside the door for like the full three-hour performance. We couldn't sit, we couldn't go on our phones, anything. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like stand here? So I, I know that sounds so like <laughs> privileged to say, but that and then I worked as an office like assistant um, for three years. And then I interned for a, like a documentary, company documentary production company um, which was really boring but there was times it would be interesting because they would just be like today your assignment is find like true crime youtubers that we could bring on and I'm like okay I can do that Um, and then I interned for the company I work at now which is a digital media company so I don't know how many that was like six -ish, ish well if you count the three choreography jobs as three different jobs you're at nine yeah, I would count them probably as, like, one or two. So if you count them as one job, then you're at seven. So, yeah.
1: So now I'm even thinking about, like, I didn't even include, like, the internships and stuff I had in college in my original spiel. I was just thinking about, like, jobs, jobs. Which I guess jobs when you internship, for. Yeah, my internships, I, the two I had, I did not make any money. So, I mean, I guess if you count those, then I'm.
0: The only reason I count. I guess even just counting one of them was just because it turned into my real job. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guess the fair. documentary one doesn't really count, but when I interned for the company I work at now, I would like kind of count that as part of my job. So yeah, then if you don't count the documentary job, you're at 7, but that's still a lot for someone who's only 22. I also worked well, for a lot. um worked for our our mom's store. Oh shop. yeah, so you are at 7. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of how many I've had. Wait, not a lot. You've had like at least twelve. Well, I got I, I got a small stipend for being an assistant dance teacher. Yeah. Um I got. I worked at the snack shack. The snack shack, league like, snack shack, many summers in a row. And then I worked at the dancing costume shop, which was also wild. That was a weird job, and mostly because it we were like put. It, he basically hired two teenagers to put his store together that he was opening and would just like leave us there with boxes of stuff. Um, and then in college I worked at the box office and the coffee shop and I got paid to be an, or, the orientation leader in high school. You also worked at the movie theater. No, that was in college. I, in college I also worked at the movie theater. And then when I graduated from college, I worked at our mom's store And then I worked at the advisory board and then I went back to working in our mom's store, but I'm still going to count that as one job. And I worked at the (laughs) luxury inn, (laughs) and then I moved to Boston where I worked two assistantships that I got paid for, plus the consulting job at the advisory board. So I, I count that as something separate because it was like different work than what I was doing before. And then now I work at Cal so that's 14 jobs what's wild to me is I feel like I used to have like speaking of the side hustle like I feel like I used to be able to work endless amounts of hours like Mm -hmm. like in college you know like I would work till midnight 1am at the coffee shop and then I like ran I ran the box office like myself like I was the manager of the box office And then also doing oriented, like there's like the summer between junior and senior year. I did all three of those things. Obviously I wasn't in classes at the time, but it was like endless amounts of energy. And now I'm like, if I, when I'm done with a work day, I'm like, please don't ask me to do anything that involves brain power or any movement of my body.
1: (laughs) For real. Like, and I don't know how, I don't know how in college, like at some points I was working Like three different jobs like I was an RA I was working at the grocery store and I had an internship or I had that like other like you know. weird like other just weird like little jobs, Oh, I also had a work study job where I worked in the controller's office like filing paperwork and I had that for like a year. And like still went to classes full time and still went to parties on the weekend and still like hung out with friends and like somehow survived. Right. And like got good grades and and- like, and like, and like, wasn't like miserable. I mean, like sometimes I was miserable, but like, I have good memories of those
0: times. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But like I survived. And then I, even now, because I work with college students now and they like, you know, list off everything that they're doing and how many jobs they're working. And I'm like, how are you alive? And like, did I do that? I think
0: I did. And how am I alive from that? It's so strange. Yeah. To me. I'm I convinced think, that like a week after you graduate, your body's like I'm done and we cannot party or do those things anymore. Right. Even just in, like, even in grad school,
1: when we were working two assistantships and going to school full time. And like, you know, we were going out on the weekends. Like we had a good time. I was in a long distance relationship. So I was like, you know, on you, were, a plane. you were like
0: traveling, right. I was on a plane once
1: a month. So like, and like, still got good grades and survived. It, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think like maybe yeah. your body just knows like there's like a school mode, and then when you're not in school, it's like, nope, we will not, you will not comply.
0: Yeah, <laughs> your body's Absolutely. like, thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so Mary, you said that the worst job you had was working at the tanning salon. Yes. Ella, what would you say is the worst? Would you say the Usher job was the worst job you've ever had? Yeah. And the reason I would also say that is because since it was like a performing arts center, like there wasn't shows every night. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And so the performing arts center, it was on campus, but it was like the biggest like theater or venue in like the whole like San Fernando Valley. So it wasn't just like school. It was actually like never school people. It was always like old patrons and stuff. but because it was like only weekends, who wants to only work on Friday and Saturday nights as a freshman in college? Like, no. Luckily, my roommate had the job too, so we could like go together and then like run home, get ready quickly and like go out to a frat party and be stupid. Um, But I so often would just like put on the schedule, like block out weeks and weeks, like months in advance. So I worked, I'm not kidding. I think I could count on maybe two hands but probably one hand how many times I actually worked before I quit (laughs) um I would say probably it's so funny because like we were talking about this last night and I was saying like what's the weirdest job people have had and my friend thought I was going to say the movie theater and I don't think the movie theater was the weirdest job I've had I do think it was the worst job I've ever had because like similar to you Mary like it was like cleaning up stuff so like going in the bathroom and cleaning up after all like Like, just everything. And then, like, we opened, the summer I worked at the movie theater, we were only a two-screen theater, but we opened, we were the part of Regal Cinemas. So, of the two Regal Cinemas in Santa Cruz, we were the one that had Sex in the City 2 open up at our theater. And the first three showings of Sex in the City 2, the first, like, three days of it, were wild. And I learned just how disgusting women are. Like, women are, drunk women are so gross. And they just have no regard for anyone around them. Um, We cleaned up, we would literally bring in a garbage barrel and just, like, dump all of this trash. Like, we filled up, like, more than one garbage barrel after the midnight show opening of it. It was wild. No,
1: I think, yeah, I think the jobs where people, where you're dealing with, like, people's mess are... Uh Like just assessing—that's that's, like why I have. So any anywhere where you are dealing, you are you are paying for a service where anyone is like serving you anything or like dealing with like your body in any way gets like immediate minimum twenty percent tip, even if they suck because they are dealing with like you and your gross body or like mm-hmm. or like in your attitude, <laughs> like.
0: Well, it's even like, you know, like I got my nails done yesterday and, or was it yesterday? The other day. And it was, I got a mani-pedi and like, I was talking to my friends about this recently. Like how much do you tip for those? Mm -hmm. And I tip more than most people because I'm like, I mean, you like, I think my feet are delightful, but like, you know, like I'm also not willing to touch other people's feet, you know, like you get more because you had to touch my feet like and deal with that. And like, obviously I would like, I, if I'm going to tip this much for my feet, I'm going to tip the same amount for my hands or whatever, but it's also just like, yeah, like that's gross. Yeah. Right. People are I, gross.
1: I feel the same way about, um, like if I could, I would like tip my dentist. Like, I know that like, that's it's not,
0: <laughs> yeah, I would not because my dentist tries to waterboard me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I just feel like it's like, I would never want to be a dentist. I think it's gross. People's mouths are gross. You never know what you're going to get. And like, you know, I brush my teeth like three times a day. I mean, like, I'm really kind of obsessive about it. So I feel like, and I have been told that I have the cleanest mouth that the, the dental hygienist was like, this is the cleanest mouth I've had all week. And I was like, thank God, like, what do you even see on a weekly basis? But um, yeah, I mean, if I could tip the hygienist, I absolutely would. I feel like that's not an appropriate thing to do, but like, it's just gross. Like people's bodies are gross. Like your hairdresser, like you might think that your hair is clean and then they're like, you know, going through and you have dandruff and like, you know, buildup. And i mean,
0: like, it's just anything where anyone is like touching your gross body or doing your, I feel like there's been times where I have gone to like, get like a, And I've been like surprised by how much the charge was on my card later. And then I'm like, but that's not how much it costs. And then I have to remember like, oh yeah, but I tip a ton because I'm like, why (laughs) would you ever want to have this job? The other day I got my face waxed, which includes my nostrils. Of course, I'm going to tip her really well. She waxed the inside of my nose. That's repulsive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ew. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I like. I feel like I keep things pretty neat and tidy, but like, I can't imagine what other women have going on down there. You know, like that's disgusting. Uh,
1: I, you know, where I never got tips, the tanning bed, Of course. But
0: <laughs> I don't think you can tip at tanning salons.
1: Um, I don't remember. I know we definitely had like a little jar where, but people, I mean, people just didn't, cause you paid for your membership and you just like you know, use yeah. the services. Um, but when I worked at the bakery in Detroit, people tipped really, really well. And, um, people too, like really surprise me now with like my baking business, how well they tip, like yeah. I had a woman purchase like an, a, a cake that was like $300 for a graduation, no less. Um, and then she tipped me another 25 and I was like, And like, cause then a lot of people like will use Venmo or something Mm -hmm. or they are like pay it back. And I'm like, oh, you only owed this much. And they're like, nope, I did that on purpose. Cause I I always want to check to be like, Hey, like, you know, I just want to make sure like, you know, we're cool. Like, I don't want you to spend money you didn't need to spend, but, um, people are really, really generous with that. And I definitely appreciate it.
0: I have never worked a job where I got to have tips. We weren't allowed to take tips at the snack shack. We weren't allowed to take tips at the movie theater. And we weren't allowed to take tips at my coffee shop because it was part of the university like dining system. So I've never ever worked a job where I got to get tips. Me neither. It's good when you don't have to
1: rely on them. Like I've never had yeah. a job that like relies on tips. Right. Um, like that's why I always, like even if the service like absolutely sucked, like I'm still tipping 20% to like waitresses and waiters, because like you never, like you never know, especially like if they have, like, depending on, um, you know, where they work, they might have to tip out the kitchen and tip out the bussers and tip out the hostess. And it's like, if some, if one person doesn't tip them, then it can like ruin their whole night. So I, even if like the service is terrible, like I always tip 20%
0: this is why we should live in a society like in Europe where they just include that in the cost. So it's like rude to tip because it's like, right. Like that, like, it's just part of their process already. And they're not like having to survive on tips. Like, yeah. Um, I have a question about a side hustle for uh you millennials. And I'm really curious about this because it's something that I didn't know people actually did until I like went to college. And I, I, I have a feeling maybe some of your peers from college maybe because it would have been like the very beginning of it but I didn't think people actually did like sex work or sugar babying or escorting as a side hustle like like I didn't I didn't realize how common it was until I went to college I don't I'm curious if you had peers or anyone who like did that So my first experience with that was I was in college and it was like the summertime and I was meeting up with some friends that were also in college. And one of my friends was dating a woman who worked as a sugar baby, like, like as a side hustle. And I was so, this was before it had really become like a common thing in like the lexicon for people to talk about. And I was so super suspicious. And I was like, I don't think that this is a good idea. Like, I don't feel like it's good for you to be dating this woman because this feels like either unsafe or like there's something suspicious going on. And I have since obviously become way more educated about it and I'm more accepting of it. Um, and I know a couple people that have done it, um though not in any sort of serious way the people i know that have done it have done it for just some like extra cash not because they needed it to like pay their way through grad school um which i think is like to be honest i think it's like a really privileged perspective to have where you're just like i just really want to be able to afford like a new purse instead of like mm-hmm. the people that genuinely like need the money right. um and i do remember one time talking to a friend who was considering it because her friend did it and her friend was like you have a really unique look and like living in boston like that would be considered like quote unquote exotic so you would probably make that's a right. lot of money compared to like other women which i was like that's a really like yikes <laughs> that's just like thinking about it in a really interesting way and i was like and and to be clear she was not a woman of color or anything like that she just had like curly hair Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, that's really, yeah, it was just a really interesting conversation to have. I don't know if she ended up doing it though. I don't think she did.
1: I do not know anyone personally that has that um has done sex work, but I do I, I did have a roommate um in grad school, considerate, um, who and like uh the website that she was looking at was called Seeking Arrangements. Yeah. That's the big and, one. Yeah. And so, um, she went and made a profile just to see what kind of offers she would get. And I mean, like some of the offers I was like, girl, maybe you should get, like really right. think about it. Like there was one, it was, um, I remember like the first one that she got was like $5,000 a month to, to like go with him to business like business occasions when he was in town um or and to like accompany him for dinner and it didn't even seem like there was really sex involved it was just like a company and I think that that's like part of it too like a lot of people just want the company or mm-hmm. just want to have like someone pretty on their arm like mm-hmm. at different functions and stuff like that like I don't you know like I think probably you know sex is a, a lot of it for people who are you know Mm -hmm. making those arrangements but I don't think it's like necessary in some of those relationships and then I all she didn't end up doing it as far as I know but it was really interesting to like look at the process and I also used to work with someone who had a girlfriend that was a sugar baby and I and he was like really cool with it he was like yeah I mean like it's empowering for her and like she makes really good money you know I like trust her and you know whatever um and I just thought that like I think that would be really I think that you know it presents like a different challenge like if you are in a relationship Mm -hmm. and you are a sex worker because you have to have like you have to have like the most I mean I assume again like I don't know but a really solid, stable, trusting relationship at home. Like that's pretty unshakable. Um, which is great. I mean, like, which is great if you have that and and you're able to, to do what you love, um, you know, and, and make good money off of it. So, but I don't know anyone
0: personally that's ever,
1: that's ever done it.
0: Yeah. I was just so curious because I feel like it wasn't even like part of like any sort of conversation until people like Holly Madison or kind of like that era really like starting to bring it up. And I don't even think it became a more kind of like popular thing that, that people even really like super joked about until a few years ago. And so it's just like, I feel like it's such a, a normal part of like conversations. Not that like everyone I know is doing it or anything, but more like, we'll be like, Oh, like can't afford this. Like, gotta get a sugar. You know what I mean. Like, jokingly, no. which mm-hmm. obviously it's a real thing for a lot of people too. Because I do know a, a decent amount of people that have done it in some capacity, whether they tried it once or have done it more regularly. um Because I I do know a, a decent amount of people that have at least like tried it once just to like see, you know, if they were like comfortable with it. But you no, know, I was really curious because I feel like it's a very recent thing, but I wasn't sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very recent thing to have it be talked about and like open and honest about it. I also think that there is something about your generation that is just more open about their bodies and kind of what's been going on, like, and sex and mm-hmm. sexuality in a way that, um, uh, that like, we were not necessarily, um, so I do think, like, when I say, like, the story of, like, the first person I heard that knew someone that did it, like, I was so suspicious, but, like, like, people were not even really talking about, like, this was, like, 10 years ago, like, people were not talking about sex in the same way that they are now. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think it's, like, I mean, I think, like, the Gen Z has completely changed that narrative anyway and it very well may have been you know more prevalent than you know we knew when we were in college and like people could have been doing it and just not talking about it you know because there Mm -hmm. was a shame associated with sex work and I think now like as that shame kind of um like society has kind of like removed a lot of that shame. I mean, not probably, I don't think totally, but has removed a lot of it, that people are more open. And I also think that probably the more open that people are about that work, that the safer that they are, Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, it can be, I mean, it's risky to meet up with someone that you don't know anyway, but, to but to like engage in like an intimacy or in, personal private spaces with someone you don't know i mean like you know is obviously like potentially dangerous um and i think that like there are you know things like seeking arrangements and that there are probably other things out there that end up making that work a lot safer especially for women mm-hmm. um and i think that's probably just because it is more talked about now yeah it's not as taboo
0: definitely especially with things like only too like sex work is just right. like a very <laughs> Um, no, it's not destigmatized at all. But no. like compared to even three years ago, it is.
1: Oh my gosh, when OnlyFans was like, we're gonna get rid of all sexually explicit content, and I was like, and then what are you
0: like? What? And no then what
1: your be... platform be?
0: Great, right, like and when you're just no cameos for cooking classes. Like that's not. Yeah, then <laughs> you're just cook. Then you're just cameos. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Do you want to play a fun game and then get back to some questions? Sure. Okay. So I asked you, Mary, to come up with a list of all the items you're selling on your menu for Dolly Cakes. Yes. Here's the game. This is going to help you, I think. Okay. You're going to tell us an item and Ella and I will tell you how much we pay for them. (laughs) Okay. All right. I love this. I feel scared. like I have such like a weird warped sense of like cost. So this is gonna be really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Okay. I'm back.
1: Okay. I'm back, back again. So, um, so I'm gonna. So I do. So there's a couple of things actually with like my newer menu. This is actually like really great because I have a newer menu. Um. So. I'm going to give you kind of what the, so less of, um, uh, like, how do I want to say this? Like less of like what, like the custom, like individual cakes would be. And that like, just kind of like the product of the more like signature items that I sell. Excellent. Okay. So, um, I will start with the cakes. So some of like the signature specialty cakes that I'm going to be selling. Um, so they're all the same price. So I'll just give you the examples of the flavors, but they'll be six inches, three layers, and so they'll serve 14 people. Um, and we have turtle, which is like a chocolate caramel pecan situation, um, peanut butter cup, cookie monster, which includes um a cookie dough thing, and um an Oreo buttercream, um, a confetti celebration cake. Um uh, which is just like funfetti and vanilla pop the champagne, which is going to be a champagne flavored cake with a blackberry compote filling, and then a white almond raspberry. So it'll be an almond cake with raspberry filling. And then the seasonal flavors in those signature cakes um, for the fall, there'll be a caramel apple cinnamon, which will have cinnamon cake, um, an apple compote and um, a homemade caramel sauce, um, spiced gingerbread, which will be a gingerbread cake with white chocolate ganache filling and vanilla buttercream. Lavender latte for spring, so it'll be a vanilla uh, cake with a coffee simple syrup soak and then lavender flavored buttercream, and then creamsicle, which will be an orange cake with a um, white chocolate ganache filling and vanilla outside. So those will come in six or eight inch. The six inch is my most popular size um but that serves 14 people
0: I'm I just want to eat one of those right now (laughs) I know I'm good dying for the champagne cake I love a funfetti personally um okay what would I pay for a six inch champagne cake but it feeds 14 people
1: yes because it's three layers so it's tall okay And so try and think about it. So the way that I price things out is by serving. So think about like, if you have, if this cake is gonna feed 14 people, how much is like each slice worth?
0: Are now? we also how? assuming that these are not decorated? Um. So
1: yeah, these would be decorated like flavor, but they're not gonna have like peppers and flowers. And okay. yeah, they're just like basic decor. Like the, these would be the starting prices. And then, okay, if you- for
0: a basic six inch champagne yeah. cake that doesn't really have any decoration on it besides just like a basic frosting layer, I would pay $112, not including tips. So I'd tip more. I was going to say like
1: $125. Wow, you all are. Um... Okay. You do live in California.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are we really high? Well, Um, okay. Think about it. Like, okay. So I was like, okay. At first I was thinking like, well, what would a hundred dollars divided by 14 be? And that's like seven something per slice. So I was like, well, I would pay like, like I pay at least $8 a slice if I go buy a piece of cake at a grocery store. So if we get like $8 at a grocery store, I like Vons. Well, what how much should you and I pay Ella when we went to Knob Hill for because I was craving cake? Knob Hill is an expensive grocery store though. But I think we paid more than eight dollars. So if I think like eight as a minimum, like eight dollars times 14 slices, that's 112. I mean my my head initially went to 140, like $10 a slice, which feels like a lot. But I don't know. But like, I mean, yeah, and we're not including tax here either, tax or tip. So fun fact,
1: um, in New York state, you, um, there is no tax on, um, food. There is at restaurants, like if you have something prepared, but like if you order something or if you have, if you go to the grocery store, there's no tax on food. So like, I'm not allowed to charge tax.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: So my pricing for that is actually $5 a slice. What so would be $70? God,
0: uh, that's, <laughs> I hate California.
1: (laughs) In a Western New York is I'm probably even a little on the high end.
0: I'm also like, like, I'm looking at your Instagram at the same time. So I can get like a vision of like what they look like.
1: Yeah. But remember those are like decorated. Like a lot of them are. Because
0: I would pay more for decoration. Yeah. So like a basic cake with no decoration. I'd pay like 112 before tip or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it was decorated, I would pay at least 130. Yeah.
1: Okay, fair, fair, fair. Okay, so then after so then basically I mean that kind of like gives like my calculations away. So like everything I do is is $5 a serving. So then, you know, from there, like if you get like um if you get like a four-tier cake, that can feed like a, up to like 100 and like between 100 or 132 people, you're going to be paying like 660
0: Wow. Okay. Well, let's, but let, let's keep going down your menu okay. and we'll just guess, what. like, we're not going to base it off of your $5 situation because you're wrong. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um. So the other thing I sell, I sell these October through February are hot chocolate bombs. Very popular. Um, and those come in regular chocolate, mocha, salted caramel chocolate, um, unicorn, which is white chocolate with um, like sparkles and those like rainbow fruity marshmallows, um, peppermint chocolate, and then um, pumpkin spice, which is it's like a pumpkin spiced, like white chocolate with um with a white chocolate. Uh, hot chocolate powder in the center and marshmallows. So I think it's like, I think I'm going to call it the Cinderella. Cause it's like white chocolate and pumpkin. That's really
0: cute. That's
1: a really um, good oh, for it and then peanut butter chocolate too. So those are like, those are like, they're, they're like three inches wide. Um, and I sell those individually.
0: I would say those are $8 each. Yeah, they I was going to really say, I them. feel like I would want to pay $5, but if I bought them here, they would definitely be at least eight bucks.
1: Okay. So I charge six. So like,
0: okay. Okay.
1: okay. okay. Um, so then cupcakes, I also do, so um, I do buy the dozen Um, and I like, I just, I try and just do them like mostly plain. Like you can get vanilla chocolate with frosting and sprinkles because I don't love doing cupcakes. So just like think, think about that. Like basic cupcakes, chocolate, vanilla, swirly swirl, some sprinks, call it a day.
0: For a Um, dozen? Yeah. 50 bucks. I was gonna say like 35 pre pre-tip, obviously.
1: So 36. So like that's very close. Um okay, so yeah. So I think like 36 is like $3 a cupcake. So.
0: Cupcake is hard for me because like I could make cupcakes. Right. So I'm rarely gonna buy cupcakes from someone, which is why I think I lowballed you. Sure, that's fair. I feel that I'm just really overpaying for my baked goods, <laughs> especially uh, because of the two of us. Ella is—I mean, we're both good bakers, but Ella makes a good cupcake. I'm—I'm I'm more likely to make a cupcake than Justina is. That's for sure.
1: Okay. Um. Okay. So then, I also sell, um, decorated cutout cookies. So with like the royal icing, and um, you know, it gets it gets it hardens, you know, all that. And so those I actually have in three tiers. So I have like a basic dozen. So a basic dozen is like one color, sprinkles, simple shapes, whatever. My second tier is if, you know, more detailed, like two to three colors is that second tier. And then the third tier is four or more colors, um, very detailed. And if you have any like gold or silver hand painting, because anything that's gold or silver has to be hand painted.
0: So I follow this one cookie decorating account on Instagram and she makes like those kinds of cookies and she's in upstate New York. And so going off of her prices, she charges kind of a lot. It's like, wait, can, can we, we, can we do this by tears? Okay. Or do you not want to do it by tears, Ella? I don't care. Would you, you, your person tiers? That you follow? Um, Graceful Baker. Oh, I follow her too. I love She's her. She's so fun. Are your prices <laughs> higher or lower or equal to her? Well, like, how much would you pay personally? <laughs> I For money. a dozen, wait, how many cookies come in this? A dozen. A
1: dozen per dozen. So there's like three tiers. So like bottom tier, middle tier, top tier.
0: Okay. So here's the thing about cookies for me. I hate making them and I have zero patience when it comes to decorating. So I would definitely pay more for cookies mm-hmm. than I would for cupcakes. Yeah. Also so like, like they're so detailed. They're so detailed. So like, a like the basic bottom tier for a dozen cookies, I would probably pay at least $30 Mm-hmm. For the higher tier, like the highest tier for a dozen, like really nice cookies, I would say like 50. I was going to say like 30, 45, 60. Okay.
1: You're very close. Um, So it's 36, 42,
0: 48. Okay. Excellent. So we're right on, we're right on the line. We really just don't know how to price cakes apparently. <laughs> no
1: idea. Uh- also, I just
0: want you guys to know that I looked on Instacart for both Rayleighs and Safeway to see how much they sell slices of cake for. And I was 100% wrong. was it like, like five bucks? Yeah, they're like four or five <laughs> <I> dollars. <laughs> but here's the thing. That makes me want to pay more for Mary's cake because well, it's not like a gross grocery store cake. I agree. Which, uh, by the way, those cakes were not gross. But I'm just saying, like, I pay more for yes, a specialty that baker. Cake was <laughs>
1: So I ruin a lot of people's lives with this information, but grocery store cakes are more often than not Pillsbury and they are pre-baked and then they come in frozen in boxes. And so you literally just like pull a sheet out, you take it out of the aluminum pan, you frost it with frosting that's been pre-made out of a bucket and then you package it and put it out there.
0: I'm still gonna eat them I'm gonna be I mean they're delicious like like I mean I'm trying to decide if I should instacart this Meyer lemon cake right now so (laughs) the idea that you would go for lemon out of all the flavors it just astounds me I'm just because it had a cool berry filling which you would hate I would hate all parts of that cake (laughs) wait let me tell you let me tell you exactly hold on I typed in the wrong thing I don't want cake pan I want cake slice I'm gonna tell you exactly what was in this cake you're gonna be like that's disgusting Fact about me Mary I hate like fruit fillings I hate like fruit flavored things I have literally watched Ella gag trying to eat jam one time (laughs) I hate it it's so gross so dramatic about it I've gotten to the point where I can eat like a strawberry pop-tart that's about it (laughs) Wow. The extent of her fruit filling. Wow. Okay. It says a Meyer lemon berry slice. What is in this? It doesn't say, but what you need to know about this is that it is three layers. There's clearly like, I'm going to say a word Ella doesn't like, there's clearly like chunks of actual berry and jam in there. You are making it so much worse. (laughs) And it has a bright pink frosting on the outside. You are actively trying to make me want to- I hate it. Like you were saying everything you can to make me hate this cake. There's also a, a kind of cake at Rayleigh's that's called the Carmen Miranda slice. I don't know what that means, but it sounds exciting.
1: Um, okay. So I have two more products to okay. get that you're, uh, you're pricing on. Okay. So then the other thing I do, and I also, I do this in dozens. Um, so I make cake jars, like they're like eight ounce jars. They're layered with cake frosting and filling. And I do those for like weddings. Like people often do them as like a wedding favor, or those are typically what I sell at farmers markets. I sell them individually, but then I, if you're going to custom order them, you have to custom order them like by the dozen. So like one flavor per dozen, because it's not worth it to me. Because that's why I don't really do wedding cake tastings right now, which I may change. I may start to do them quarterly so I can get them all done like in one weekend. But when people, when people want to do like, because I don't have a storefront, I don't have product that I keep when people want to do just a tasting or like, Hey, can I buy like one cookie for you to see if I like it? I'm like, no, because like, I don't carry extra product. All I do is custom and like, it's not worth it for me to make one. Like i have to make a whole batch to make one for you. (laughs) Right. No. So anyway, cake jars, eight ounces of cake, individually and then buy individually at like markets and then buy the dozen for special orders.
0: Okay. So for a dozen cake jars I'd pay 250. For a dozen and they're like what size mason jar? Like regular like
1: like eight, an 12 ounce or whatever. So if you think like a regular mason jar is like a 16 ounce. Okay. Like, and so so like half that. Like a like a jam.
0: <laughs> okay, um, I would say for a dozen, I would say like a hundred. Well, because I'm thinking if they're like if they're like twenty bucks per jar, and then that I mean that's at least two forty for a dozen.
1: Oh, so think about so think about like there's about like a cupcake and a half worth the cake in there. Maybe, okay, so then, wait, like, wish oh, cupcakes worth the cake in an eight ounce jar.
0: I mean, I'd still pay. So even if I paid 15 bucks per jar, I would still, that still comes out to like 180. I think you're, I think, but if it's like a cupcake and a half, Mary's cupcakes are like four or five bucks. Yeah, but how much would you pay for 12 cakes? That's jars? why I said 100
1: so i charge six dollars for a jar so a dozen there's 72
0: i think you're lowballing that
1: okay yeah because okay so the jar is like the other thing is like the packaging so the jars cost like about a dollar each and so if i do if it's like and i would say like a cupcake is probably like the same as a serving size of like a slice of cake so if i do five dollars a serving plus the cost of the jar it's like six bucks and the five dollars a serving pays me for my time it pays for the ingredients and the space i rent and my insurance and all that too
0: okay i would still pay like ten dollars per jar okay for like eight dollars okay okay
1: all right. And so then the last thing that I am, I'm not really doing this right now because it's like, well, I had plans to do it and then you like COVID. So in non COVID safe times, the before times, um, I am hoping to do um, cookie
0: decorating classes. Fun. And,
1: and then private lessons for cake and cookie decorating.
0: That's cool. That's so cute and fun. Like, so have- how much would I pay
1: for like a three hour? Us, private and or group
0: okay so I think you should be charging at least because here's what i would pay at least thirty dollars per person per hour but it would probably be more if it was Kate like I just think like based on the ingredients you would need plus your time and energy, but that's probably actually lowballing it. Like you could probably yeah. charge like $50 per hour actually. Yeah, I was going to say like 150 or like like maybe 150 or 200 for like two people. Yeah, you could do like a like a slight discount if there's more than like one person. But I think you should maybe be charging like one like $50 per hour. Yeah. yeah.
1: That makes sense. I think so for the cookie classes, like I did do one, I did have did one virtual one and it was kind of like, blah, and I did charge $30 and the person got the class and six cookies to decorate with like everything they needed.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm just thinking now, actually, yeah, let's go. Like I would definitely pay $50 because I'm thinking that if I took a cake decorating class at a community college, they'd charge me $45 at least. Mm -hmm. True. Maybe more depending on the ingredients. So yeah. 50 bucks. I'd pay 50 bucks for a private lesson, 50 bucks per hour for a private lesson. Yeah, I agree. And I'm pretty sure if I like scheduled a lesson for like me and five other friends, I'm pretty sure everyone would be like willing to like drop that money or at least like if we got a slight discount or something, you know, and then they'd tip well afterwards.
1: Oh my gosh. That'd be such a cute bachelorette idea to do like a dirty cookie
0: class. That'd be so fun. It would be really fun to do at someone else's bachelorette. But if I was getting married, I'd be so frustrated with myself and my inability to decorate cookies that I'd be like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you would hate that. You would be so impatient. I would. And then I'd be like, I'd do one and then I'd be like, are you guys done?
1: <laughs> um. Oh, one more thing that I am I do also make is French macarons.
0: Ooh! Ooh. So I also
1: sell by the dozen.
0: For one dozen, I would pay um forty dollars. I was gonna say thirty six. I, I was th- also thinking thirty six, but I didn't want to sound too low. I was yeah. I I would buy. I would pay like three bucks per cookie.
1: Okay, so I do two fifty a cookie, so like thirty dollars a dozen. Um, which I think is probably like the most I could charge because that's what other people around here charge. So, but, and I think that's fair. Like French macarons are a frustration. And also like once you conquer them, it's like, I can do anything in this world. Mm, That's fair. Because my French macarons got little feet on them and they're not hollow. Like what? And like, I mess them up like a lot like i messed up enough where i'm still like learning and also like humidity like the summer like in the summertime they're 10 times harder because any moisture in the air it's like it, it just it just doesn't work like i've actually almost considered almost only offering them in the winter time because the humidity just makes everything horrible um you also have to put like so many rules and regulations and stuff like in any base good you make when p- in the summer when people are serving it outside. Like I had this woman off, um, order a two tier cake and it was pretty big. It was like a 10 inch on the bottom and an eight inch on top. And it served like a lot of people. And, um, she was like, okay, so I'm going to have this outside all day. And I was like, girl, no. And it had macarons and fresh flowers on it. And I was like, that is not recommended. She was like, oh, but it's going to be like the centerpiece. And I was like, it will fall apart. I promise you it will fall apart. Those flowers will wilt right off. Like you can maybe take it out like 45 minutes before you're going to slice it and eat it. But like, it's going to be 90 degrees that day. No.
0: Yeah. That's awful.
1: It's yeah. The heat is not, heat is not a baker's friend. The weather. Um, but yeah, those are all my, uh, those are all my products. Thanks friends. That was a fun game.
0: Fun game. I really enjoyed that. It also made me really want cake. So I definitely want. might get some later. Um, so now that this episode has, instead of being coming about the hustle, become a sh- episode about baking and baked goods. <laughs> Which that is the hustle. <laughs> Which is the hustle. Um, let's do a couple fun questions and then maybe wrap up. Um, if you could have any job in the world, what would your dream job be? Um... Any job ever, any job ever.
1: I think I, so like my dream life is to like own a bakery and then like teach piano lessons. Like, I just want to do that because I love both of those things. I want to be my own boss. Like I want to, I want to be creative all the time. So I I think, I think that probably. I love that for you. I don't want to have to like rely on a full-time job like I do right now. I mean, I love my full-time job. I really do. Um, But I, if I don't have to do it, (laughs) like I wouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I would want to be like some kind of like executive that I kind of just get to like make the final decisions. You know what I mean? Just be like, this is what goes, this is what doesn't, whether that's like for a network or like a magazine and just like make a lot of money and dress really well. I think I want to be like a society woman who's like basically like a real housewife, but like, I just like plan a bunch of fundraisers and parties. Like I'm on the, like, I want to be like Lily Vanderwoodson. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. You know, like on the board of a number of things. And my job is to just like Plan these great parties that will like raise money for charity. Yes. Lily, Lily Rhodes, Vanderwoodson, Humphrey, Bass, whatever Klaus's last name was. (laughs) The mysterious Klaus. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, we took talked about worst jobs. Did we talk about weirdest job? Um, I think we did maybe. Yeah. I would just like to say that my weirdest job was working at the luxury inn because we served a hot breakfast and when I had to clear the plates I had to like knock on the door to the manager's suite because the owners lived there and they were like getting dressed and ready in the morning. It's so strange. And then I had to later in the day after they like left for work I had to like wash the dishes in their apartment. (laughs) It's super weird. It was really bizarre. I think the weirdest job was just like weird things that would happen while I was working as an office assistant because it was an office assistant for the very small theater department at a very large college and so just like weird things would happen more than others and one time when I wasn't there my supervisor had a full breakdown like running around the campus like I don't know what happened but weird stuff like that would happen often actually in the theater department. Not even a little surprising. Yep. I think maybe the
1: weirdest job I had was my last one like working at my old high school because I worked in because it was like a philanthropy position and I would just meet like these crazy ritual ladies and they would just tell me their stories like back in the day like, <laughs> like and all that kind of stuff and it was just It was, I don't know, they were just like really wild, crazy old rich ladies
0: and I loved them, but it was super weird. Yeah, that is weird. I feel like that'd be, I feel like that'd be a really interesting job to have. It definitely was.
1: Asking people for money is, can be really challenging, but like asking people for money who like want to give it to you, you know, like like they love, they're like, yes, like I want to support, like, please ask me. So yeah, that was, that was pretty weird.
0: Um, all right. Where do you see your side hustle growing or changing in the future? Um, I
1: really hope it continues to grow. I'm, you know, making some different moves with like branding and, you know, um, like there's certain, certain orders, like I'm probably not going to be taking any more, um, Like I really don't love doing um, character cakes. So I probably am going to stop doing stuff like that and, you know, kind of focus more like on the floral, like, you know, wedding cakes and stuff to do. Um, So I, you know, like as I start, you know, like the branding and I want to put together a website, I'm kind of hoping that that continues to grow, but I also attract the customers that also kind of vibe with the style I'm going for
0: yes ella what about you do you see yourself having a side hustle yeah i think so i mean i've always like kind of done like random stuff you know what i mean like whether it's like art or like little things like that or like recently been like starting to sell some stuff on depop like i can see one thing like that probably leading into something a little bit more but yeah probably i've always just kind of kept myself distracted with like little things (laughs) what is depop depop is like one of those like it's like poshmark it's like selling like it's like a clothes like oh stuff so like i recently bought a new pair of doc martens so i like sold my old ones um oh that's interesting like that depop is very like cool kid gen z Like it's not even just Gen Z, it's like the cool, like you log on and you're like, I don't know where to go here. Like I, I, I don't belong here. Mm, Very interesting. I wish I had a side hustle. I feel like there's been times where I've wanted to go get a job for like on the weekends or whatever, working at a coffee shop, but I sometimes have to work on weekends. And also I'm so tired. And it's also like, you would want to do that like once and then you'd be like, I'm good. (laughs) Right. <laughs> right
1: is there anything that you would want to volunteer for or like anything that you know, maybe not like a side hustle but just like a side happy interest involvement
0: um you know I don't know that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently I don't I sh- probably should um but I don't know what that would be I don't know Sorry, I'm distracted because the lady that lives one of the ladies that lives in the apartment building next door just came out of their house and I think I have the same pair of pajamas as her. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> important for the listeners to know that everyone that lives in the apartment building next door are crazy. So, <laughs> um we have been talking for so have, long. for a very long time. Um can we turn our cameras back on for the last component of this segment because (laughs) mary i have one more request for you before we end you guys that this whole podcast i was like laying like this (laughs) you're so luxurious um my last request is can you please sing us a bar of the theme song you're supposedly writing us
1: (laughs) um i can so the last part is gonna go The Santa Cruz sisters, they're here for it. (laughs)
0: I love it. Yay.
1: (laughs) Handling the nanny.
0: (laughs) We love the nanny, so that's okay. We do love the nanny.
1: I I just want it to be like boppy, you know, like. Boppy. Anyway, that's the only line I have. And I've actually had that line for like months. I sang it into my phone. Because I thought about it and I was like, "This would be cool of this into my phone." And then I was gonna with the whole thing, and I haven't. But you could have that if you just want
0: a little one-liner. <laughs> Let's have that. I'll edit that in. Maybe find some boppy music for the background. Or we'll edit the nanny like background music into it. It'll be a whole thing.
1: <laughs> It'll be great. Cartoon, like little cartoons of you, just like. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, I love it. A rebrand. <laughs> 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 oh, um, all right. Well, this has been really delightful. We're here for yeah. your side hustle, Mary. We're excited to see yeah. where it goes. Oh, I'm
1: super excited myself. If and when I start doing like these quarterly cake tastings I might do, I will be sure to send one your way.
0: <sighs> yes, we are, <laughs> as you know, my dream in life is to go to, I just want to be the friend that helps people plan their wedding so I get invited to cake tastings. You should be like a part-time wedding planner. It's hard to get in the wedding planner biz. Did you know that? It's hard to break in. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> it is. Have you, like, done a lot of research? Yes. Because there was a while where I was like, this is what I want to do with my life and not go to grad school. Mm. I get that. Well, you,
1: I think you need to have like an angle. Like I have a friend in Chicago who's in a wedding planning business, but they do like sustainable weddings. So like mm-hmm. everything that they do and all the vendors they use are like, green and simple. And that's their, their like edge.
0: There were a couple I found that were cool, but they were like, like the way you would get your foot in the door is that they had like internships. But at that point I was already a fully time, fully working professional. And I was like, I can't afford to just like not work and do a free internship. Like that's exactly. not going to work for me. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. Anyways. Um, I think we should, End here, but I would like you two to stay on because I want to tell you stuff that I couldn't tell you on the pod. Some secret things. Some secret things. Well, we're here for it. Okay,
1: I'm just mm-hmm. friends.